0: Okay, let's turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. A night on the sea. I'm sure some of us here have spent a night on the sea, here, there, and yonder. But this one's a little different. Starting in chapter, 20, uh, chapter 14, verse 22, Matthew's Gospel. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was there Alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. You can bet they were surprised. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, "Be of good cheer; it is I. Do not be afraid." And Peter answered him and said, "Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water." And so he said, "Come." And when Peter had come, he out of the boat he walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came to worship him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Interesting little story goes along with this. My brother worked in Jordan for, I don't know, three, four, five years. And uh, a friend of his up on the Sea of Galilee found one of these boats. I don't remember. It was an archaeological wonder. that It was preserved, they said. But he gave me one of the nails out of that. And you have to wonder, was that the boat? Well, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it, he said it was about 16 feet long. It, it kind, of, kind of an interesting little sidelight to this, these verses this morning. And when I was a child, I remember telling ghost stories. Do you, any of you all remember that? It, laying in the dark with other children and making, and making them up a lot of times and telling ghost stories. There was a lot of the graveyards in it, a lot of dead people, and a lot of ghosts. Now, some people would have you tell would have that this story is a ghost story. Just another one, set in the dark in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, a very stormy, actually freshwater lake. 13 miles long, I've forgotten how wide it is. But this is the true story of Jesus Christ exercising his power over the elements, over the wind and waves, and doing the things that only God can do. And make no mistake, Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. The disciples had spent the day with Jesus in a deserted place, they had witnessed the miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 plus people with five loaves and two fishes. You know, you would think after witnessing something like that, seeing Jesus come walking on the water wouldn't be a, too big a surprise. But evidently it was. Evidently, they were more than a little perplexed, perplexed when Jesus urged them and that was it. The translation of that word in my Bible is "is." he urged them strenuously to get in the boat and leave. And they started for the other side of the lake. Then Jesus disperses the crowd and went out on a mountain to pray. The next scene shifts from the shore to the ship. And the ship is in the midst of a terrible storm. They're experiencing a ship that doesn't go in the right direction. The wind is blowing contrary to them. It just will not go where they want it to go. And here we find experienced sailors beaten by the wind and beaten by the wave. They were in the middle of the water between them, but they were miles of water between them and safety. Their bodies weak from a very long day, dealing with so many people. The work of fighting the uh, winds and the waves uh, had worn them down. And if you've ever been at sea in a storm, you can very well understand the uh, seaman's prayer. Protect me, O Lord, for the sea is big and my boat is so small. The seas actually around the world are littered with ships that didn't make it in storms that sunk. And you're forever seeing some, someone on TV who has found a sunken ship, and they're trying to drag all the stuff, interesting stuff out, out of it to the surface. As far as the disciples concerned, maybe it was a tired bodies and frightened nerves that made the disciples at the sight of Jesus to say he's a ghost. They were experiencing chaos within and chaos without. Most of us at one time or another have experienced external circumstances that can confuse our abilities to know what is really happening, what's true and what's untrue. Uh, my old father-in-law, going a long time now, went frog gigging with some friends one night on Lake Norrell out of Little Rock there, and it's not a real big lake, but they're out there gigging frogs and the fog rolls in, and they're really wondering where they're at, and they're trying to figure out everything, where, where they go to go home. And they finally thought they had it figured out and started the outboard motor and run slap into a dock. They were not even on the right side of the, of the lake. Sometimes we simply center on ourselves and our problems and our circumstances, and the result is tunnel vision, a, fixate, a fixation upon the, on the uh, problem instead of the solution the fog really rolls in we lose our way and there we have chaos within, chaos without the disciples in their little boat in the midst of the storm encountered an ultimate answer to the chaos and confusion they encountered Jesus and he said peace Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. We are seeing ghosts and when Jesus is the real answer. We look at the great events of the past and we tend to look upon them as some kind of golden age. We do not see them as a time of crisis, turmoil, and chaos. We forget that those who lived through those events couldn't see what the future outcome would be. That's every generation. The very real truth is that every generation and every individual lives in a time of crisis. We're like the disciples in the boat. It's dark and the winds and waves are against us and we can very easily believe that there will be no tomorrow for us. When that happens we look to Jesus. From the time we are born, we're swept away like a wave by people and events. We hear different voices that tell us where we should go and show, and, and show to show and show us the way. They tell us that we should live in in a certain way or believe this or believe that. And often we find ourselves discouraged. In Psalm 42:5, we read. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Not part of the sermon this morning, but, you know, in the scriptures we find that it says in the last days that the perilous times will come. It appears it is upon us. This world situation, is just going to getting worse and worse and worse. And I wonder... How long to the rapture? It seems to me it must be soon, but uh, I'm not going to set any dates. I've seen people that did, and (laughs) the next day after they had to set dates and that date had come, they were giving their books away. (laughs) In medieval times, the preachers made much of what is called the seven deadly sins, Here it is. This is our list. Pride, envy, greed, gluttony, sensuality, and discouragement. It's interesting that discouragement is listed as a sin for for we tend to think that it's a misfortune or an affliction. In 1 Kings chapter 9, 19 verse 9, we find the Lord asking this question. What are you doing here? A tired and discouraged Israelite had walked off into the wilderness and sat down under a broom tree and prayed. It's enough now, Lord, that my life take my life, for I am no better than my fathers. Anybody know who that might be? First Kings chapter nineteen, verse four. Who is the discouraged man? It's Elijah. The same man who stood before Ahab and proclaimed God's as God's prophet that there would be no rain nor dew for three years. And it was so. The same man who called down fire from heaven to, to consume the sacrifice on Mount Carmel and there to bring about great victory over the prophets of Baal this is the same man who centuries later would stand on the mount stand with Moses and Christ on the mount of transfiguration his task there to encourage Christ on his way to the cross so what brought Elijah to this point discouragement, physical exhaustion the hostility and threats and enmity of Jezebel, the loneliness, a feeling of isolation. He said, only I am left in Israel of those who worship God. It wasn't true, of course. There were 7,000 more. But that's the way he felt. He was experiencing chaos within and without. Where do we go when that happens to us? Share with you some selected readings from Psalm chapter 42. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon and from the hill of Mysore. Deep calls the deep, and the noise of your waterfall, and all your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night song shall be with me. Turn to the Lord, basically. That's what we should do. So where do we go? We have chaos within and chaos without, and we go to Jesus. The words he spoke so long ago to the disciples in the storm-tossed boat, he speaks to us. Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And In Psalm 139.7, King David wrote, Where shall I flee from your presence? And the answer is, Nowhere. Jeremiah wrote, Do not be filled do I do not I fill the heavens and the earth, says the Lord. If the Lord fills the heavens and the earth, where can we go to flee from him? But in the very real truth is that in times of chaos we should run to him, that is, and seek his face in prayer. In times of discouragement and stress, we should rely upon this p- promise from Jesus. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. The answer to chaos within without, to discouragement and stress, is found in the promises of God and faith in God who made these promises. Also, chaos can call forth confusion. Chaos can push us out of our boat into the hands of Jesus. When Peter faltered, Jesus stretched out his hand and says to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then the text reads, they got into the boat. Apparently, uh, Peter, even with his little faith, walks back to the boat He doesn't swim. He walks. Jesus didn't carry him. He walked. He walked with his hand in Jesus' hand. And he and Jesus got back into the boat together. It's then and only then that the wind ceased. Peter may have had little faith, but he had faith enough to get out of the boat. And notice that the rest of them didn't. That must have been an interesting sight, seeing two people walking on the water at one time. Uh, Nothing is impossible with the Lord. Nothing. Peter may have had little faith, but he had more faith than those that were in the boat. The miracle continued, and all within the boat knew that it was not a ghost. But the Son of God. We all have a choice. We can stay in our boat in the middle of the wind and the waves, or we can get out of our boat and come to the Lord. The very real truth is if you don't know Jesus as Savior, you need to get out of your comfort zone and out of your boat and out of your pew and give yourself to Jesus. Jesus can and will add himself to your little faith and save you. He is extending his hand to you just as he did to Peter. And the Bible says he is, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. By the way, it's the only way. Conviction is essential. Repentance of sin is required. Faith in Christ is a necessity. And confession of Christ is demanded. Will you do that this morning? Let's close with prayer. Father God, we bow before you we pray that there might be someone here this morning that comes to faith in Jesus Christ we lord we do love you not as much as we should or could lord we do love those around us And we know, Lord, that you love us. You loved us enough to send your son into the world that he might die on the cross for for our sins and the sins of the world. What a wonderful, marvelous thing that is in our sight. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.